but one of the chapters said try this out book a one way ticket to vietnam mm. okay and that's that's it i just put a bookmark on the book i closed the book i went to skyscanner.com and i booked a one way ticket to vietnam What's happening humans welcome to the blabberry with me Sai Sandesh Markham I hope you're all having an amazing day and I wish you all merry christmas and happy holidays as always thank you so much for listening to this podcast your support has been immense and if you are listening to this episode even though you are on your holidays you are awesome and it's people like you who keeps me going today's guest on the interview is Rishabh Dev Rishabh is a man who does a lot of things. He has had an amazing and an inspiring journey right from being an entrepreneur at the age of 12 and to now being a guy who travels the world doing what he loves and still making a lot of money. He is a powerhouse and a knowledge bank and it's an honor to have someone like him on this podcast. He is a growth hacker, he is an investor, he is an entrepreneur, he is a digital nomad, he is a startup consultant, he is a marketing consultant, he is an avid traveler, he is an author, he has an online academy and he is also an Airbnb host. Like I said he does a lot of things but whatever he does he does it with so much love and passion and that's what makes him a very inspiring figure in the startup ecosystem of India. On this episode we discuss about his entrepreneurial journey. We discuss about his sudden decision to travel the world and he hasn't stopped since then. He has traveled to over 25 countries. He talks about investing, he talks about how he makes money, he talks about the book that he recently wrote and launched. He shares quite a few secrets to his success and he also shares few travel hacks. If you are a frequent traveler, you will love these hacks and I'm not kidding at all. So before we get into it, all I ask of you is if you like this podcast, take a screenshot and put it up on Instagram and tag me Saisandesh Markham. That will help me to understand how many of you are listening to this podcast and also what you think. So, this is Rishabh Dev. Here we go. Hello. Hey. Yeah, it's on. Thank God. Okay, I thought yeah, you were going to really let us down. I'm happy we are in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Blackberry man. Thank you so much for being on this show. Thank you, Sai. Thank you for having me. It feels great to have someone like you on the show because you know, I'm sure you have an amazing story to tell. I've given a small intro about you already but you know that is nothing compared to what you've actually done so absolutely I'm excited because I've been uh, following your content for a while as well so as you know I have like almost a zero content consumption policy now okay. um, but you're one of the few people that I follow in fact in 2018 I just switched off all my social media channels took like a break for 3 months but oh yeah was- this was when when you were uh, traveling right Yes, so I did sort of a digital minimalist experiment where I wanted to have zero consumption from other people. I would only create my own content but not see anything that people are posting. How did that feel? I mean, initially I thought uh, probably I'm going to be labeled as ignorant and arrogant and uh, whatever it is, but I've never cared about those things and it sort of goes with the persona as well. <laughs> so <laughs> what happened eventually is I realized that I could do a lot of deep work without any distractions. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, there's a flip side to it that you miss out on conversations that you could have engaged with, by means of which you could have added value to other people and also created value for yourself. Right. However, uh, it was a beautiful experiment, and I think everyone should do that at least once. Wow! How crucial it is, do you think, for an individual to do what you did to have a complete digital detox? I think in see. one then there are two sides of this now i see a lot of people who are talking about you know let's say just just at a basic level forget about marketers and uh, you know growth startup growth people and people who have to use the devices as part of what they do but in general people are talking about you know everyone is on their phones everyone is on their phones always complaining about you know when you go in a restaurant and families are sitting together but everyone is on their phones sometimes i feel you know what is one person going to sit there alone uh, just eating the same thing every day going to do if he's not on the phone i mean it's also if you look at it no one is troubling each other a lot in uh, when you go and board a flight so i have to of course uh, fly a lot and when i board the flight i see sometimes uh, i notice before that there are people they want something they want some entertainment they're calling the uh, they they're calling the service again and again and just on their phone they're like these holy cows and they're so peaceful and sometimes <laughs> I, like it. i like it i like that they have something to do which is uh, for which they are not dependent on the external environment mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't see this side of it that the opportunities that the devices have created not just for for reaching out to a mass audience or connecting with people but just for you to do something that you want to do alone right. and not because not everyone wants to you know write creative stories or uh, phase out in a peaceful environment and just read a book not everyone is the same yes yes absolutely absolutely but do you think being uh, completely away from the digital life do you think it did something different for you i mean did your mindset change are you have you come back into the digital world thinking like a better person now not just mindset i think my entire brain chemistry changed at that point of time man because see mindset i believe is something you can change in any situation in any environment you have the power to just decide okay this is how i want my brain to work this is how because perception is everything right how we perceive things is what defines what we are that's that's true that's all true but this was more like a deep uh, chemical change in the brain i don't know how to define it but let's say when i was outside of i i i read about this um in one of the books as to how this relates back to evolutionary ancestors like a notification on an app for us mm. feels like an attack from a predator and then we have to our instinct of survival comes in and then we have to check it and all of those kinds of reactions happen in the brain wow. and and when i don't have these distractions i feel like you know imagine you sitting in a forest and there's this basically you know that you're safe you're in your cave there's no wild animals around you you know that this area has uh, you can just focus on what you're doing but the other other thing is you are middle of a forest with all the wild animals around you and in all of these times which our ancestors have gone through we've developed this instincts of reacting to noises and you know even even every message on whatsapp or instagram or notification from facebook creates the same reaction in the brain mm. which you would uh, which is which leads you you know takes you back in the survival mode and too much of it is stressful that's that's what stress is a little bit of it is okay which is good for you because you have to be ready for things but too mm. much of that 
is how is how we define stress and that becomes that becomes a major issue for a lot of people now wow. it, yeah so said that i think with that analysis mm. i actually felt so this is one part of it is reading something in a book and the way i read books is very different what i do when i read a book is i see the i see what's written in the first chapter and then i close the book and i'll go ahead and execute it right i'll just execute mm. the first chapter and not go to the second chapter until i execute it and this is in fact how i started traveling so i was reading the 4 hour work week by tim ferris i'm not a believer in working 4 hours a week uh, mm. let me say that first <laughs> i love to work but one of the chapters said try this out book a one way ticket to vietnam mm. Okay and that's that's it I just put a bookmark on the book I closed the book I went to skyscanner.com and I booked a one way ticket to Vietnam Oh that's, my god that, that's it I didn't I didn't believe in Tim Ferriss completely I I still don't subscribe to all the ideas about doing less work uh-huh. I I I love to work but that just that just one statement I I asked myself this this is the time I was running maplings with 25 employees this was 2016 2017 is when i had booked so 2016 end of 2016 i read this chapter mm-hmm. for the for january 2017 i booked my tickets and i first i asked myself can i do this do i have the freedom to do this and then i said probably i cannot because i have 25 people i have 60 clients who we work with i have to take care of mm. all of this stuff mm. and then i said is this a life worth living when i cannot do this You know this is the first this is why I started this business in the first place why can't I manage these people online why can't I train them why can't I put process in place I don't want to shut down my business but I just want to make right. sure everyone is has a process in place I can manage them from anywhere let me do this as an experiment and I just booked that ticket I just booked that ticket at the same time when I was reading the book and I went off to sleep and it was the most beautiful sleep I had man <laughs> <laughs> Wow that that is some sleep huh? you know i was following you on your journey through your social media and uh, you had posted a few videos and all these things i have to say you you did have a lot of fun but before that you know before getting into that i know it's very interesting i want to know uh, how was your childhood like i mean like were you an entrepreneur always or it is something that just came into you because you just couldn't work for someone i want to tell you a very small story so my mom is a doctor and okay. my aunts and my grandfathers my father was a doctor uh, basically my family is full of doctors and one of the things that you uh, the uh, the sort of a fringe benefit that you get being in a doctor's family is that you get a lot of these gifts from medical representatives of yes. the drug companies this doesn't happen anymore um, yes. there's there's a lot of rules around it but it was fun you know i used yes. to like it yeah. and uh, you used to get these sample drugs yes the sample not to be sold stuff i used to sit wait outside my mom's clinic this was when i was uh, probably like 12 years old 12 to 15 mm. years old in that uh, i did a lot of this and i used to sit there and i used to wait for the medical representatives and i used to crack a deal with them and i used to tell them hey listen i know why you're here you know give the gift to me i'm going to tell my mom to write these medicines for you because she's busy she has a lot of patients you'll probably not be able to meet her now okay <laughs> uh, and they used to be like okay what can this kid do let let's just give some uh, so they used to give me some toys and you know uh, of course they never gave me the medicines so they used to mm-hmm. give me some toys but i knew where all these sample medicines are so there's a box in my mom's clinic where i know that all uh-huh. these sample medicines so i used to take all the sample medicines and i used to sell them to the pharmacy uh-huh. and then i used to take all the gifts and sell them to kids in my school oh Fuck. I had two different revenue streams when I was 15 years old 
<laughs> oh, shit. The product, like I was, I mean, come on, drop shipping is popular now. But this was, <laughs> I was, I was everything, man. I was logistics. I was the procurement. I was, I was the team. I was everything in this business. And I had these two revenue streams. I used to make a few dollars probably, and uh, it doesn't matter how much I make. It's, oh it's my god! This is like this is like <laughs> listening to Gary Vaynerchuk in Indian voice. <laughs> I, I yeah I I see a lot of people in fact not just Gary V but a lot of people who are doing mm-hmm. all of this stuff now have some stories from their life where you know, they have these um, they have these uh, sort of brain attacks of entrepreneurship mm-hmm. <laughs> throughout their childhood and then and and you don't realize it back then I think you realize it only now that I'm doing this mm-hmm. I I can think of so many things that I did in in school and college and all of these places. When I was trying to hustle, you know, I remember when I was, um, I was in uh, school. I was just finishing, going to finish school, mm. and I found it. I found out a way to hack uh, Hotmail passwords. And what I would do is there was there was something called the MSN Messenger, right? Where you right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very nostalgic now. I used to go there, and there used to be a social media platform called High Five. Uh huh. Yes. Right? I used to find out people who are dating each other on High Five, so it was really cool to upload it there because there was no parents on High Five. Yes. So I used to find out a dating status, and then I used to then I used to create a page which looks exactly like Hotmail, and I used to say that Do you know that this person might be cheating on you? Find out their Hotmail password now, and this is the link. And I used to send them that link. Then they used to click on the link, which looks like Hotmail, and it used to say. Do you want to find out this person's password? First, you have to log in for your Hotmail ID, and then people used to log in. I used to get their passwords. So I basically had an Excel sheet of all the passwords of either the boyfriend or the girlfriend, and I could sell this to the to the to their better half. You know, it was. <laughs> <laughs> and you know how how dating works when yeah. you know when you're in you you're probably seeing three other guys or three other girls. Yeah. And uh, this is this is the service I was offering, and I was I was. Like people used like DPS. I was in Saint Columbus in Delhi, mm-hmm. and um, we had the DPS and Convent of Jesus and Marys, and there are other schools as well. Everyone knew that this guy is the guy to reach out to if you want to find out information. Okay. So that was again, I think, an interesting business. There's uh-huh. there's a lot of similar stuff I can think of now. But when you're doing this, when you're doing this on the journey, you uh-huh. don't really realize. I think one of the things that uh, humans lack the capability of is to see things in a very long timeline right which is one interesting thing that i noticed about my so you've seen my story about the mutual fund investments yes that you know people are not able to visualize what happens to this money in 10 years or 20 years people just think about what's going to happen to this money in one month and i think there's a lot of this new stoic fear in people about uh, you can die tonight and you can die tomorrow morning (laughs) (laughs) that's all true but i want to save money in the next 10 years it's no problem you know (laughs) i think think that money is still going to i mean honestly if i die tomorrow my money is still growing (laughs) yeah yeah actually yeah actually yeah it is that way, isn't it? But so, when did you become an entrepreneur, like a serious person? I think your uh, company's uh, is called is Maplings. Am I right? Correct. So Maplings was um, on paper. Maplings has been incorporated in 2014. Okay. But in 2009, I had started looking for some freelancers. So how it started was, 
in 2009 i had a linkedin profile i was too young to have a linkedin profile but i had a linkedin profile mm-hmm. and i reached out to some american companies saying that you have a shitty website and mm-hmm. if you get it if you get it done in the us it's probably going to be 500 dollars but i'll do it for 50 dollars and 50 dollars was nothing even in that time it was nothing right and and the guy replies to me and says uh, this is a great plan but i think i'll pay you 200 dollars <laughs> I, all right let's do it and i outsourced it for 50 dollars i uh, to one of my seniors i got it done for 50 dollars i got to 200 dollars and then i had 150 dollars and then i said why don't i get another one and i have 300 dollars and why don't why don't i get two more and that's that's how it started basically and by 2011 i was i was in my second year in college i started from delhi and indraprasth university and i was in the second year and i realized i am making more than what mm-hmm. my seniors who are getting placed in it companies are making wow and how I, old were you probably like this is 2012 i finished college so 2010 2009 to 2010 so i am 29 years old now Oh my god. Oh <laughs> so, my god. I'm I think, 29 years old right now, Rishabh, and we both had a very different 2010. So what were you doing in 2010? I would love to know that. I was just getting into a relationship. Mhm. <laughs> and well, well, I I I married the person I got into a relationship with. So that is the beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. What the just like <laughs> my time investment paid off yeah correct yeah correct that is not going to like this <laughs> no i think one of the things i want to clarify is that there's only one mm-hmm. type of investment man it's only the time investment there's no other type of investment amazing I, when when people say i'm going to invest kind and cash and resources they're just talking about time it might be other people's time mm-hmm. it might be your employee's time it might be your freelancer's time it might yeah. be your but it's always time there is nothing else that's why absolutely I just believe in that old saying about time is money. I believe more that other people's time is better money than <laughs> yeah <laughs> than my own time. So that's yeah, that's right. So yeah, that was 2010, man. 2014 was when you uh, incorporated Mapwings. I think we met in Sunday Soul Sunday. If I'm not wrong, you guys like were doing the Snapchat story of all the cool stalls, and uh, I was there. So were you, all, uh, were you always uh, into the advertising space or creating space or did you do anything before this So when I started I started with websites and I it, it I actually have a childhood story which I want to tell you yeah. because I'm so I'm from a small town I am from Bhopal in Madhya Pradesh Okay and um, I I lived I my dad died quite early when I was 7 years old I'm very sorry I lived with my uh, grandparents for a while because my mom was struggling she was uh, trying to get a stable job in Delhi she mm-hmm. wanted to move me to Delhi for better education and uh, when I uh, was with my grand my grandparents were in Agra so I was living in Agra mm-hmm. when I was in fourth standard my mom was quite stable and she said why don't you move to Delhi and in fifth or sixth standard I moved to Delhi okay and I found they had a computer room in my school in delhi like i was in an amazing school but in agra we had we hardly spoke english man like we had no mm-hmm. computers uh, no english classes it was it was a basic school it was a good school but uh, mm. computer was anything was something very new for them 
And when I moved to Delhi, people were doing presentations on PowerPoint. And the first day I went in the computer room, I knew nothing about how to, I didn't know how to turn on the system. I was made fun of the first day. And the next year I knew that we we're going to do HTML was in the syllabus the next year. I went home. Um, I told my mom, this is how kids are in Delhi. This is how it works. I just mm -hmm. heard stories about this and it's all true. And she said, no, don't worry. It's just like, you know, you'll take some time to adjust and it's going to be fine. And the next day I went back and I was like, you know, what do we do? I, I'd done some research. I told my mom, you know, buy me a system. I want to learn. Um, I'd done some research and I went back and we tried to do something. And in the next class, I had my first website up. So I had actually learned HTML in one week. I made my first website. I went to the computer teacher and I said, hey, do you want to check this out for me? I made this website. Wow. And he said, HTML is something we're going to do next year. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and then I got a fan following from school. And that's when I thought, you know, this is cool. So there are elements of personal branding lessons, which I got from that time as well. Right. That, that is some story. So then from there, you started this and then you became a consultant, weren't you? You, you became a consultant Correct. and uh, you were basically a consultant for growth hacking. Correct. So I realized that the digital marketing ecosystem per se is very saturated. Everyone is using the same channels people are on. So this is how digital marketers think, right? They'll be like, okay, this is my goal. Now, how can I use Facebook, Google, Instagram, email, or ads to achieve my goal? Mm -hmm. And I started thinking in a more traditional um, Japanese principle way. So I was, I'm a fan of Miyamoto Musashi. He's, he's the greatest swordsman who ever lived from Japan. And he mm -hmm. wrote a quote and he says, you know, always remember that there is more than one way to the top of the mountain, right? So there's always more than one way. I used to get a requirement from the client and I used to think, what are, the, what are all the channels that I can use to achieve this goal? Forget about Facebook, Gmail, forget, I mean, email, forget about everything that everyone is using or what are all the possible channels. If something is coming up new, if, if I can get influencers on TikTok today, why not? You know, why should I not use that channel as my main strategy? Why should I not use all of these upcoming and emerging channels? So that creative mindset sort of opened up the entire growth hacking space for me. So I ran a lot of experiments for marketing. I didn't, I didn't even know back then that this was called growth hacking. I started doing this way back and, you know, uh, even, even the experiments that I was doing from two, 2009 onwards are all uh, experimental marketing or validation mm. marketing or, you know, which all forms, uh, which all comes together as growth hacking. And uh, the first client, in fact, which I consulted for growth hacking was Philips. Wow. So, so Philips has, the, in Bangalore, they have the Philips Innovation Labs. Mm -hmm. That's the first place I was hired as a consultant for growth hacking. Nice. That's some story. And so uh, when did your life turn into this digital nomad? When did it happen? Why did it happen? And what are you doing right now? Right. So before that, I want to tell you, I recently visited Delhi two weeks okay. back. And I was I just entered the metro and I saw like almost 40% of the people were playing Candy Crush. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I'm literally counting people like four out of 10, four out of 10, four out of 10 in every, in every small box. And there are six boxes in one train and there is in every small box. There are like four people out of 10 are playing Candy Crush. That's 40% of people. And that's what I think we do with life. I think we, we Candy Crush through the levels of right. our life. 
And Candy Crush is basically like, you know, let's say level one is that you have to do the school thing. Level two is that you have to do the college. Level three is, you know, whatever, kids and responsibilities and all of that. And I said, you know, we've sort of created a Candy, a candy Crush thing in our company as well. So what we were doing is we were on a constant treadmill. We, we started with me and I hired one employee in 2014. And imagine in 2017, we were 25 people, 25 employees in the company. And I know it sounds beautiful. It sounds amazing. It's a great growth case, to, case study. But what's happening inside is we are getting clients. We are getting projects. We are hiring people. We are getting clients. We're getting projects. We're hiring people. We have all the processes in place. It's a mm-hmm. great business, but I'm really bored and burned out. And the mm-hmm. reason I was born and burned out is because all the processes were in place. The, the business was the same. It was, I was not doing anything that I liked. I was doing HR. I was doing accounting. I was doing everything else except for marketing. Right. I was doing everything else except for what I really like to do. What, this is the reason why I started the business in the first place. Right. And then I said, why don't I just refocus all my energy reduce the number of customers, increase the quality of work and have a little bit of freedom in terms of where I am, what I'm doing. Also explore my passion for seeing the world. So I used to take off every weekend and go to beautiful places. And I said, why don't I expand more of the earth, you know, and why don't I work from wherever I want? Let people get their own freedom. Let people work from wherever they want. Let them be remote. So now we have a model where everyone works remotely. However, to move from here to there, I'll, I'll tell you the exact time when I transitioned, uh, which is the question that you asked. So mm-hmm. one of the things that I did was I booked that one-way ticket to Vietnam. That was the best thing that I did in my life. And when I booked this one-way ticket, I actually realized that I spent one month in Vietnam and the entire productivity of not just me, but also the team had increased by around 20%. Wow. Now, this was crazy considering that I'm, I'm, I have... I'm, I'm an easygoing boss. I have people like to work with me. It's just that what had happened in this time was we were not doing a lot of face-to-face communication, which was not required. We were only talking online about what's required to do for the customers because we had less time. We had to squeeze it all in. I told people you can work from home. So people were working from home. Um, mm-hmm. I had good self-motivated people, which is important. But when they were at home, they used to save time in traveling. They used to save uh, energy. There's no, there's no group smoking breaks anymore. <laughs> there is no group smoking <laughs> anymore. And we just realized that everything is, they're happy. I am happy. The clients are happy. So why don't we just switch to this model? I also identified at this time, I read the 80-20 principle and I identified that 80% of the revenue, literally 80% of the revenue was coming mm-hmm. from 20% of the clients at Maplinks. Wow. And, and most of these clients were, see, all the 80% clients who were leading to only 20% of the revenue, unfortunately, were all the Indian clients. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, so we fired those 80% of the clients. <laughs> wow. And we kept, we kept just the 20% who were paying us the most. And we, we started putting all our energies on it because we really wanted their business to grow. And then we did the same, we did the same with the people. I just basically took a list of all the employees I said, just fire the, just, just keep the 20% of the employees who are doing 80% of the work. Just fire all of them. I right? just fired the rest of them. I have, the good thing is I had, I never had an HR in my team, so I could do whatever I wanted uh, and yeah. I could say whatever I wanted. I like to, I like to be a little brutally honest about these things. If someone is not performing, I would just call them, hey, you're not performing, you're fired. Right, right. You know, I don't want to 
call them in my office and say, hey, how are you? How is your family? How's your dog? But you're not really doing well. Are you okay? You know, maybe. <laughs> we, so it, it just doesn't make sense. It's a waste of their time and my time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Very much so. Very brutal and straightforward. Always been like that, man. That's, that's a great, that's a great lesson, actually. So this was happening while you were in Vietnam? So yeah, I, I did Vietnam, I came back and then I did Europe. So I thought I'll do one more experiment. So I did Europe for a month in May, the same year, uh, 2017. And since then, I haven't stopped. So since then, I've been traveling full time. And I've been to 25 countries. I have uh, a 100% remote team, lesser employees, more output, lesser clients, more revenue. Oh, my God. So see, now, uh, now what's happening is I've... In the last two years, I've moved to multiple businesses and different revenue streams. So I've, what I've done is I've reduced on the services. I've focused on the academy. So I have online courses, which is mostly passive income. I'm a big believer of passive income now. And mm-hmm. I've tried to automate a lot of the academy so that it's like a funnel. It's a marketing funnel. You put $10 in, you get $100 out. You know, you put $100 wow. in. So you, you basically 10x the money every time you have you put some money in the fund. So the funnel is ready. You put in uh-huh. money, you get, you know, you put in money or time and you uh-huh. get, and you get an output. You run an email campaign, you get sales. It's all, it's all set in place. Everything is automated. The email campaigns, by the way, have been set for the Academy until July, 2020. So till July, 2020, I'm going to be generating passive income. That's amazing. Could you just explain to the listeners what exactly is a passive income? Sure. So let's, let's think of it this way. You have, you have a lot of people in India who have daddy money and they put daddy money in an apartment and they put it on rent. Right? And now they make money from the apartment. And now uh-huh. there's a new age version of the same model where digital entrepreneurs can have money coming in from sources where they don't have to work every day to achieve that money. So the first kind of money that you can make is the lowest model of making money, which is time for money. So you sell your time for money. Okay. I mean, Mm. you're not selling your month for money, which is a job, which is like Mm. even the lowest level. It's not even a level for me. Like it doesn't count. Right. Mm. If you're selling your month, if you're in a job and, and if you don't, if you're not ambitious, if you don't, have aspirations of living a full freedom life, then it's okay. Like you can be in a job. And there's a lot of different kinds of freedom that a job provides. But you have to be mm-hmm. a master in your job. Like you have to be a master of your own job. Then it's okay. But otherwise, the next level is that you exchange time for money. So let's say I go to someone and I say, I'm going to give you my, you know, one hour or two hours or three hours. I'm going to charge so much money for every hour I give you. That's time mm-hmm. for money. And it, it's like, even, even if you're a doctor sitting in a clinic, it's time for money. Because if you're not sitting in the clinic, you're not making any money. Right? right. I want that when I'm sleeping, when I'm sleeping, I'm making at least $5,000 a month. If I just sleep that month, I will make $5,000 a month. Imagine what will happen if I wake up, right? So, so that's what I want. And if, if I wake up, I'm going to double that to 10000 That's That's the ultimate goal, right? I mean, that's, that's where you want to be at, let's say, 35. You want to have six figures. You want to make sure that when you're sleeping, you're making $5,000 a month. Absolutely. Absolutely true. And that's, that's passive that's... income. Like you make a course, simple example. You make a course 
And mm-hmm. the course, let's say you make a course for growth hacking in 2020, or you make a mm-hmm. course for the um, for learning interior design in 2020, you make a course on cooking or whatever, you make an online course for 2020. And for this one mm-hmm. year, you just make the course now. And from 1st of January 2020 till 31st of December 2021, you're making, let's say, uh, $2,000 a month. That's passive. Mm-hmm. You only worked once for the course rather than saying, that I will get a customer, I'm going to sell my arts to the customer because now you're working time for money, which is the lower model of making money. Right, right. And if you oh. want to buy, if you want to buy shit, you know, use the use the passive income to buy whatever you want. Like, don't save that money. Just buy everything you want from that passive passive income, and then make sure you recover it with the next source of passive income. So that's exactly what I do. I have one source of passive income. I'm creating another one. I'm creating another one. I have Airbnbs. I have. Uh, mutual fund returns which are coming in. This is also a passive income, which, however, mutual fund income is more like return on the investment. Uh, but mm-hmm. but if you look at my online courses or my books or all of these things are all sources of passive income. That's amazing. Wait, you just said Airbnb. Please elaborate. Right. Do, you, do you have Airbnbs? Yeah. So what I do is, so I have I have Airbnbs all over Vietnam. And what I've done is I have these, these places actually belong to someone else. The property belongs to someone else. It's other people's properties, but they never, uh, they would never be able to put it online, sell it to people, get it out to people. And I've bridged that gap for them. Right. So this wow. is, this is sort of the Airbnb experiment that I've done in 2019. So I take other people's properties. I make them, I make them rarely, I rarely make them sell out on Airbnb. Mm-hmm. I do search optimizations, I do digital marketing, and in exchange, you have a commission from the Airbnb sales. Oh my God. So I, I, I hardly own anything, man. I have a seven kg back, a backpack. I don't use it. I have never checked in a bag in the flight because it's just a waste of time. I only have seven kgs. I go, let's say I go to Thailand, right? Let's say I want to go to Thailand tomorrow. I go to Thailand just like this with my laptop and my phone. I will buy some stupid t-shirts there, which are not even like a dollar, a dollar each from the, from the street market, the night market, and I will just throw them or give them to someone else before I come back. So I have zero, zero stuff with me all the time. I don't have a check-in bag. Uh, this, this is like absolute minimalism, right? This is minimalism. It's, it's, in the same, it's in the same mindset, but it applies to different places. Like I could have bought my own property. I have the resources now to br- buy my own place and put it on Airbnb, but it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I think it should not make sense for anyone, but for me, definitely it doesn't make sense. So because you're being the aggregators and uh, you're being in the middle and you don't, you don't need to be there all the time to take care of the guests even because there's already somebody else over there. Absolutely. And it's, it's so good for them because now that I have these Airbnbs, I'm a super host on Airbnb. And if let's mm-hmm. say you start an Airbnb and I list the Airbnb for you, you will get so many bookings just, for, just because I am listed as a co-host with you. You see? Wow. You'll got it. But if you start your own Airbnb like tomorrow, you're going to wait for a few months to start getting some visibility and then you'll have one review and two reviews. It's going to take one year for you to start being able to pay off your loans on the property. You know? Oh my so God. Just, yeah. And uh, while we're doing all of these things, how are you making money, basically? Is it only passive income? Uh, is there anything else? Because when you were traveling and when you were doing all those things, I'm sure many of them have asked you this question. I mean, you did release a video with Scriptbox, which I'll be linking in the show notes, uh, where you explain sure. how you made the money. But 
what is the simplest way to understand what you were doing because you love to travel everybody loves to travel but we don't have the time because we are putting investing our time mostly into the work to make the money now you're cutting that bridge you're getting the money while you're doing what you love so what was the secret so here's the thing the first step the first thing that i was doing is let's okay let's let's just set the foundation right a lot of people think that when i'm traveling i'm not working okay mm. that's not entirely true first of all when i'm traveling i'm working less but i'm just doing deep work sessions so what i what i mean by deep work sessions is in this time and by the way i recommend all the listeners to read uh, deep work by can you put it's an amazing book in this time i have zero distractions and i'm working only on what can create the most output for my business and this would be this would be let's say for example creating a course right this is a creative input that you need without distractions once i know that this mm. course is ready i'm going to sell this course even when i'm traveling i'm going to make money from that course that's the first way the second way is i would do consulting for customers on an hourly basis but i would also take a percentage of the revenue share or equity in that company so i would mm. never do anything just on a time for money model i don't like the time for money model right mm. so i would like to i would like to say Okay, I'm going to charge you hundred to two hundred dollars an hour, let's say, and I'm in that position where I can charge that kind of money for every consulting that I do. And at the mm-hmm. same time, I would like to have ten percent of all the sales that happen from the marketing campaigns that I consult you on. Mm-hmm. Right. And now they have the expertise that they need, and I have this this ten percent, by the way, from that marketing campaign. It's going to start from five hundred dollars, but it's going to become five thousand dollars at some point. right so this is what these are the two main things that i was doing while traveling for me to make sure that i'm getting enough money to fund my travels and also have a great time without spending too much time on it right that is that is great that is great. could you just repeat the book again I, i'm not sure if i if the audio caught it could you just repeat the book again it's called deep work by cal newport so deep work is the name of the this is the title of the book that is that is amazing i should really put that on the cart right away and i should want to read that because i was very inspired uh looking at your social media and uh, the way you were going out of the out in the world and doing all these things because i knew you were doing all these things as well in the back end because you were already doing the growth hacking so i had my uh, questions answered but uh what i was thinking was if there is an opportunity for others to do the same thing as you did or do they need to have the knack for it can i right now tomorrow if i make up my mind can do whatever you've done so i think there are three levels right so there are three levels to be able to replicate this kind of thing the first level is the mindset and that's the first level if you if you don't have the mindset that everything is an experiment that is the mindset that i carry myself with myself all the time everything for me is an experiment right mm. so i don't know if this is going to work but i'm going to experiment with it anyways if you don't have the experimental mindset then you're just doing the same things again and again because you don't want to try out something new absolutely that's the first mindset so if you want someone a lot of people are going to listen to this let's say 90% of the people are not going to do anything about it after they listen to it right that's the problem <laughs> if they if they want to do something they'll have to have the experimental mindset which i talk about also it's called the doubt the default mindset right so if to doubt mm. what is the default way of doing things and then what i found is 90% of the time the undefaulted way or the offbeat way is probably better faster cost less money cost less time it's always the case mm. 
once you have this mindset in place, that's the first level. The second thing is process. You have to have a process in place. Let's say I decide I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to start an online course and travel the world, right? You watch the process for it. What are you going to do step one? What are you going to do step two? I, I know some people believe just leave everything and get started and the universe will work out everything else for you. I don't believe in that shit, man. I want to make my own process, right? Mm. I know that good things will happen and good things will come because I will be attracting those. But I also have to make my process for to, to ensure, because I know a lot of people who believe in the universe theory have quit their jobs and after two months or three months, they're back on the job, right? Mm. They're back. They start traveling, they run out of money, they're back on the job or they're, I don't, I don't travel like a backpack anymore. Like I travel high class luxury when I want to, and I travel really local village culture when I want to. And that's because it's a beautiful experience. And sometimes I really go all backpacking style and stay in hostels. But I've seen a lot of people who just go out there, they're doing this for two months and three months, and then they're back on the job because they were waiting for the universe to make it happen. <laughs> so that's the process. The third, the third step is, after you have the framework, you have the process, and then you just got to execute. You got to execute, 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 and you don't want to come in that, you don't want to start saying, okay, now I will work two hours a day and, you know, achieve the goals of my life. You want to execute first. So for, right. for eight years, I've executed a lot before I've done this lean, uh, lean working and deep working on this. I've just executed everything, man, for the eight years. I've, it doesn't matter if it's deep work, shallow work or... You know, whatever, whatever kind of work it is, I've just done that. Mm. You've done all of these things and then you took the step. I mean, like very seriously. Absolutely. And the foundation for everything is that you have to have some sort of a skill which adds value to the world. Because right. I've seen, I've, the biggest problem is I've seen a lot of people who are selling this dream of, hey, you can travel the world, work from anywhere, just learn how to make money, just learn how to make money, just learn how to make a million dollars, just learn how to make one lakh, two lakh rupees, five lakh rupees, 25 lakh rupees, 50 lakh rupees, without focusing on, do you have a skill that can add value to people first? Right? I know a lot of people, the first course that they buy online is how to sell your course. Right. That's the first course that they buy. What do they know about anything before they can sell a course? Right. And the first course that they create it's also called how to sell a course. Hmm. So this online courses market is actually really like it's, it's full of such people, which is why I don't really call myself a course creator. It's something that I do on the side. But if I, if I call myself that, I know I'm part of that market, even though now I have, I have, I'm in a position where I have the brand. I have, uh, you know, I have people who know how I roll and they, they know exactly what I'm doing. But my point is that you don't want to be someone who just wants to make money for this lifestyle without adding any value to the world, because then you will never be satisfied with absolutely, the money. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Because I have, uh, just like you mentioned, there are people whom I have known uh, who have done this, uh, who have done this nomadic lifestyle, who have done this backpacker kind of a thing, and they've come back and they were doing their job. And they, again, they find some solace, they, find, they save some money and they'll do it again and they'll come back. So it has become such an imbalance even in their life that, you know, they always wait for that moment when they will leave the country or when they will leave their normal life and go somewhere else. That should not be the idea, isn't it? Absolutely. See, the only reason that I'm able to sustain this is because the core thing is that I have, I can add value to people. And that's, that's what's making. And the other thing is, I also think a lot of people start for the wrong reasons because you know, people, I, 
you won't believe this but you know honestly some people are just traveling for instagram some people are just traveling because it's cool some you honestly people are traveling in peer pressure man it's not important to travel it's if you don't want to travel don't travel man it's not good for everyone come on it's not the best thing that you can do with your time anyways there yeah. are there's so many other things you can do for me when i travel i stay with locals i learn the language i eat their food i talk to them i don't eat my food when i'm you know i I've, I've seen so many Indians who are traveling to Vietnam looking for an Indian restaurant. And boom, like, oh. boom, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> like, why My are you? My dad is like that. <laughs> I said, go home. <laughs> My mom is like that. I love to travel with my mom. By the way, I've done a lot of trips with my mom. Uh-huh. And this time I had a challenge for her. We did, uh, on her birthday, we did two weeks in Thailand. Just me and her on the motorbike. No Indian food. No oh, Indian food. Oh, wow. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and she was so happy she said this is real travel i said no indian food no five stars no luxury mm. she's more of a luxury traveler so i said no mm. luxury travel, no shopping nothing of this sort yeah yeah but that is one kind of a definition there will be somebody else who wants to do everything but still call it a traveling like you said everybody's got a different uh, definitions exactly. for it in fact in fact for some people it might not even be worth it like traveling is not really important for everyone mm. and, if you if you want to if you want if you want to go and enjoy resorts and come back i have no problems with that it's just not my way of traveling but what i want to say is do not travel a certain way because everyone is traveling a certain way and do not travel just because everyone else wants you to travel do not travel because of social media do not travel you know if you if you have genuine reasons to travel do it otherwise it's not important like i have a friend she doesn't like traveling she literally hates traveling like she doesn't want to go to some new place she doesn't want to see a new beautiful waterfall she doesn't want to be near the beach and first the first my first reaction was you know what kind of person you are are you really alive you know how do you, how do you feel alive but then i realized why not if she's happy in her own little space she has a beautiful workstation she cleans her kitchen she likes cooking she has her own ecosystem and she doesn't want to travel why why should i say this to her why does she have to travel mm. so that's that's one thing again there's so many digital nomads want to make will never say this because they want this internet lifestyle this all this marketing on instagram is all about you know work from anywhere and make money and blah 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 but i don't sell this stuff man i don't sell i don't sell the idea of um, i don't sell a course on how you can become a digital nomad or how you can make internet lifestyle and a lot of people mm. in fact ask me why don't you sell this course you know i will buy this course for whatever amount you're selling it for i said that's that's not the this is not the answer to it you know it's a mindset thing it's a game it's yeah. a game it's not about the course like i can teach you travel hacks that's a different thing yeah yeah i, I can teach you how to get a free upgrade in an airline so <laughs> 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 uh, i have this you know um, Uh, when you have a sports injury you okay. wear the support on your hands i have right. the i always wear that when i'm going in a flight and then after a while i always get a free upgrade because you know it's it's not comfortable <laughs> and she's like are you okay do you want a free upgrade i'm like sure i want a free upgrade <laughs> <laughs> these are travel hacks everyone these are travel hacks wow Love the- I love the peanut hack as well like just keep, just keep some peanuts in your pocket and then when you sit just just put some peanuts in your seat and then say hey I have a peanut allergy I can't really sit here Oh my god <laughs> they are legally they are legally supposed to give you an upgrade like sometimes you even get first class 
That is amazing. Okay, uh, uh, do we have anything more like that, please? Oh, so many travel hacks, man. But, but these two are my favorite because one of the things I really hate is being in the middle seat. That's the first uh -huh. one. And I know that a lot of people don't have an idea on how to sit in the aircraft. Like the, the window guy is supposed to get the window, right? The window yeah. guy gets the window. He doesn't get the armrest of the middle seat, but everyone wants the armrest of the middle seat. The middle guy should have access to both the armrests. Right, and the oh. guy on the right has extra leg space, and he has he can lean on the right a little bit, you know. He has uh -huh. that space. He has that space. He has that. He has the air coming in from the right side. The window guy can see outside. He can lean on the window. This is the rule, man. This is like the universal rule, and like eighty percent of people have no clue about this. So I want to tell all the listeners today: the window guy has access to the window. Okay, he can lean on the window. He can watch outside the window. He can keep both his hands on the left. Like he can keep one hand on the armrest and one on his lap the middle guy gets both the armrests always the middle guy has to get both the armrests and the guy on the right gets the right armrest and he has a little more space on the right oh wow so i hate being the middle guy because no one understands this and everyone is using my armrests so that's when i do this hack that is amazing you know what that is I, um i'm a big believer of learning something every day Uh, mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Rishabh. I think I'm sorted for the rest of the week. <laughs> And you got to try this one. You got to definitely try this. <laughs> I've got to try this one. I swear to God, I will do that. I will well, get peanuts. This is this is more like a work hack. So I went to um, mm. in Paris, and there's this low cost airline called Ryanair in Europe, which mm -hmm. you can use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And I was in Paris, and I uh, I wanted a co-working space, but everything was. I was in the other airport, like the one which is outside the city, and everything was in the city. So I had to take a shuttle, and then I had to come back. Blah blah blah. I was in the airport. I was staying near the airport somewhere. So what I did is, I basically booked a cheap promo airline from Ryanair. Okay, mm -hmm. I booked an airline from from Paris to Rome. It's usually really cheap, so I booked Paris to Rome, mm -hmm. and then I got in because I could. Check in for the airline, and then I went to the lounge. Basically, I got lounge access with unlimited alcohol and unlimited food and Wi-Fi and everything. And then I just cancelled my booking. And I sat in the lounge, slept there, ate there, drank there, and the next day I just came out of the airport. <laughs> I think I think I saved two hundred euros that day, man. Like two. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't book. I cancelled the hotel. I didn't need a hotel now. I didn't need a restaurant. I didn't need a bar. I basically didn't need anything. I, everything was there in the airport. Thank and you God. have and you have free access with your like the premium plaza access, right? With your credit cards. So yeah, yeah. Yes. If even if you pay, man, come on, it's like fifty euros, and you save two hundred fifty. You you get the value two hundred fifty euros. But if you have these credit cards, then you can definitely get it for free. Absolutely, absolutely. I don't, I don't, on that note, you know, I stopped. I stopped using credit cards for local payments. This is like more of a symbolic thing. So what I do now is I keep cash. Okay. Sometimes I do feel old because all these all people of my age are using cards. But when we go, let's say, I'll give you an example, right? So. This is how it works. Hmm. Every object that we use has some sort of association with our brain chemistry, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say there was something beautiful about reading books, which you cannot get out of Kindle. Okay. Okay. It's the smell of the book. It's the feeling of the book. It's the uh, you know it's the ability to not have a screen in front of you. It's the ability to. Keep a bookmark and feel the chapters, feel the index, you know, feel it moving, you know, see the pages, move your fingers around it, 
there's so many things like there's no cut off in the display you can write something with the pen there's another another example of a pen and paper like there was something beautiful about writing a story on paper right about writing let's say let's say how many times do you do you write like a love letter via email and feel all romantic about it right it, <laughs> it just doesn't work anymore because this doesn't this is not cool anymore the point is there is an association however with cash like when you keep hard cash in your pocket mm-hmm. the first thing is you know i have so much cash in my pocket now mm. okay so this is the x amount that i have in my pocket so this is like your mini budget for the day or for the week or for 3 days whatever it is mm. so let's say i'm in i'm in uh pune now for some work and i have i have uh, some cash in my pocket i know this is my this is my cash for today the okay. second thing is when i'm spending this i'm feeling the cash you know i'm feeling okay this is 10 20 100 50 this is the money coming out of my pocket it's not it's not a digital number right it's right this cash coming out i can smell this cash man and it feels so amazing i mean i love this i love the feeling of cash and i've just switched back to this after being all this you know i'm i'm 100% digital but i really started loving cash and you mm. can tip i love to tip in cash like i i i have a coffee and i tip the tip the person in cash it feels amazing you have a card you almost always forget to tip the person if you're paying by card almost always yes yes of course yes and the other thing is that the person doesn't feel even if like you can enter a tip sometimes in the machine but the feeling is very different it goes to the system and i love this new thing of carrying cash i've been just i'm just addicted to this now <laughs> wow that is intense man that is really good to know actually you go out there on 10 10 tables and you go to the you go to the cashier and she gives you the machine because she looks at you she's like okay he's probably like <laughs> five years old to 30 years old sort of a target group he doesn't have cash he has a card and then you say hold on i have cash and then you take out cash and you're like okay you're counting the money it feels so amazing and the girl is laughing because she's like oh, you have cash and then you take out 100 bucks you give it to her she smiles and it's so beautiful i love that experience when i go to a cafe by the way these days so i'm in pune for one week the first day i went to a cafe i got a i got a green tea for like 150 bucks and i gave 100 rupees tip to the to the girl okay the okay. next day, the next day i went to the i went to the cafe i i had a new family man like this girl was like hey sir how are you good morning and then everyone else hello sir what would you like to have today today when i went to today is the fourth today is my fourth day in pune so they were like rishab how are you like i'm just it's, it's so beautiful it's when i'm traveling i need these soft connections of families because sometimes let's face it, solo travel is a lonely thing to do it is yes. and these are the ways that you make soft connections it's not about the 100 rupees she's not going to be rich by the 100 rupees it's about the that you're doing this and everyone else is just swiping their cards off you know they're just swiping their cards off so um before i uh, forget to mention this you you are also an author of a book uh one out one ways of growing your startup right and uh, first of all thank you so much for sending me the book uh, completely amazing gesture uh, i was that kind of a guy i swear to god rishab i'll tell you this i was the kind of a guy who never reads books because i get it that i have to but i don't want to because i'm lazy and i i am the kind of a guy who absorbs everything from visuals i watch videos i watch online i take online classes everything 
I want to do that. But when I actually got your book and I started reading it, I swear to God, I finished your book. I finished your book th- three times already. And I have gone to uh, reading another physical book. Um, so it's, it's this whatever that you've said, you could have actually done a uh, digital book, but you did release a, a paperback novel. Um, I, Correct. It's the paper. And by the way, before you continue, I love the fact that you picked up the other book because that's a big achievement for me. Not just the fact that you read my book, but now yeah. that's it. That's it. It, it. There's a process going on. So, you know, it's the next book and the next book. And that's what makes the difference, man. Absolutely. Because that's what I was feeling. It was like, why am I already, all of a sudden addicted to flipping pages and gathering information now i was so surprised but okay that that later please tell me why did you write this book and what what made you think that there has to be a book explaining this because i have to tell you and um, i have to tell the listeners as well this probably is the most easiest book to understand on how to grow your startup because just like all the hacks that you explained right now right all these uh, that you do in your uh, aeroplane and everything you've explained some something very similar as well in that and which actually work absolutely man so this is the thing i i go into a cafe i have a meeting the client is waiting for me i walk in and they say rishab we are out of ways of growing the startup you know we were doing this we were doing that facebook ads just wants money Google ads just wants money. SEO needs too much time, blah, 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 blah. They're always like complaining, complaining about we don't have hacks. We don't have ways. We don't have ways. And I just used to answer them, come on, man. There are more than 100 ways to grow your startup. And then I kept saying this over and over again. And they used to ask me, what are the 100 ways? I said, of course, I can't tell you the 100 ways over this meeting. And that's why you (laughs) need to hire me. (laughs) The point is this. This This was my answer. This was literally the sentence that I used to tell them that there are more than 100 ways. And they said, no, we know of five, we know of 10 probably, but what are those 100 ways? And I said, why don't I answer this question in a book? And why don't I make it so easy to follow? Because now I'm not going to work with everyone. I'm going to work with, let's say, two or three people, two or three clients or four or five clients in a month. So why don't I give everyone else access to this information that I have? And how, how long did you work uh, on this book? See, to be honest, I would say I worked for the entire six years that I was running the digital company full time because every time I was finding a new hack, I was documenting it. I was documenting everything. And that book is so valuable. You cannot do a valuable book overnight. So I was doing all of this. I was documenting it all down. And basically just put together. In the end, I was just putting, putting it together in one place. That's all I was doing. I was compiling the knowledge that I had accumulated over time. And by the way, it's the same analogy with money. You know, if you say, I want, I want, so I, you saw the script box video, you're going to post that to the listeners. Once you guys have watched it, you'll see that talked about how I saved uh, 25 lakh rupees, but you don't make 25 lakh rupees. Like you don't get a call today that, okay, I'm going to send you 25 lakh rupees. You accumulate it, you know, you, you collect it, you, you, you make it over time. So you accumulate it over time. It's the same with any valuable book. Right. So you accumulate that over time and then you write the book. It's not like there's some people who are like, okay, I should write a book and then I will start writing a book and I'll finish it tomorrow or day after tomorrow. That will not work. So you'll have to, especially, especially if it's an actionable, um, actionable, actionable book of hacks, you'll have to accumulate that knowledge. That's amazing. So, uh, how, how well is the book doing right now? So we've sold 1,000 copies of the book, including the Kindle edition, as well as the paperback. 
I've also given away um, some of the copies to the to the best people I know. One of them is you. Uh, you've got the <laughs> copy as well. So a thousand copies. I'm pretty happy with the with the with the response. And uh, yeah, we expect to do much better in 2020. In 2020, I'm by the end of the year, I'm also going to launch the second book, which is 101 More Ways to Grow Your Startup. So that's going to be the next edition. Wow, that's amazing. I can't wait to get my free book. And this is, this is the first time I'm announcing that. So, right. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's, this is exclusive. Nice. Like Absolutely. It. Absolutely. I like it. I mean, uh, I wish you all the best. I'm sure it's going to be an amazing book because when I was reading this book and uh, I was uh, very skeptical, first of all, because there are so many other books out there. They try to beat around the bush so many times, so many times. They don't get to the point. But this was so to the point. And it is also one thing that one not one ways, not everybody can use it. I cannot use 101 ways to improve my business. But if I could use just two to three ways from it, it's enough for me. That's and the point, man. You're not supposed to use all of them. So that's the point. And you got it completely right. If you, if you got Work, you do the you do one of the ways and you scale it and you do it the right way you grow your business and that's what you need that's the objective that you're chasing that's amazing and this book can be applied to any business all over the world yes absolutely i mean i've not left out any kind of business there might be a few hacks in there for a specific business but there's mm -hmm. something for everyone I, I've read that and i can watch to say that you know, that's an amazing book uh, if you hadn't given me a copy as a sample for me to just if you hadn't sent it to me i don't think i would have ever read it i mean i would have appreciated that you know a person that i know has written a book and it's amazing but i've never read it but i think this is also one of the nice ways to do it right to send it out for free to those people who you think will appreciate it irrespective fact, of whether they will add to your sales honestly si, i've even sent it out to some people who i know will not appreciate it i've sent it out to my competitors i've sent it out to other people who are writing books about the same topic i've sent it out basically to some family members as well who have nothing to do with startups i made a list of really 25 special people i want to send this to now the thing with sending it to people who have nothing to do with startups one of them actually replied and said the growth way is hacked sounds so interesting that i just want to do a startup for executing these hacks amazing amazing that is so good. That, that is actually very uh, nice feedback, you know, because uh, people who don't believe the, in something, when there is a certain force that makes them believe even for like a day, you've done something right. I mean, I always feel that way. Absolutely. In fact, I was so happy to get these long reviews on Amazon. I was expecting maybe people to write, you know, great book, good idea, excellent book, nice hacks, those kinds of comments where people have written like paragraphs on Amazon. Of, yeah. you know, how, and, and I'm so happy. I can feel how they're feeling when they've read the book. And when, I, when, you, when you talk about the book, I can feel it. So it's, yeah. that, that's the difference I wanted to make. You don't get rich by writing a book. That's the, that's, I'm not, you're not, you're not going to get money by writing a book. Forget about mm. that. If you want to make money, you don't want to write a book. That's the last thing you want to do because you'll have to spend a lot of time and energy and you get a very small, a very small percentage from your own book. There's a lot of printing and publishing and logistics expense out there and you cannot charge it at a very, at a very high premium because you want people to value from it. Exactly. So the, the book is, the book is more like my business card. I go for a business meeting today and you know what? I don't give a business card. I give the book. Mm. 
I said, this is who I am. This is my book. I have established my authority. Give me the project. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there is, uh, I, I, I read this, uh, I heard this from Ed Milet, actually, who t- does the same thing, you know, mm-hmm. who actually he carries, uh, he has around, I think, six to seven books and he mm-hmm. carries them uh, to meetings and he puts them in front, uh, in front of him uh, on the table and uh, then he starts talking. When he does that, people believe that this guy is the shit. He knows Absolutely. what he's doing. Absolutely. I mean, th- it's not some just a paper card which says, okay, I do this. I'm Rishabh Dev. I'm a growth hack consultant. For anything else, give me a call. It's not just that. I've invested my time in this. So I know what I'm doing. So there's, there's, one is- extra step. there's one extra step that I love. So what I do is, let's say I go to a, a specific startup and they say, this is what we do. This is the requirement. Can you recommend some growth hacks for us? I would take my book out. I will keep it on the table and I would mark out the chapters that they can start executing right now. Right? <laughs> Chapter 12, 26, 39, 50. That's going to grow your business. If you need help, if you can't execute it, if you need consulting, come back to me. Oh my God. <laughs> that is a boss move. That is because a boss I know, move. Because I know there is something for everyone inside. And when I go there, I know exactly where it is because of course I've written the books. I know exactly where it is and I know when they need help with it, they're going to come back to me. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is actually a great way. I mean, uh, definitely not everybody can write a book. Not everybody is a good writer, but everybody's got something that goes on to them. And uh, I usually just like this, when I make the videos and now that I've started this podcasting channel, when I make the videos, when I approach someone, the, when I ask them to send, send me their product for a review or uh, when I go to the restaurant and I show them, I show these videos to them just like how you are doing this because I'm not right. joking, son. I'm not joking. I do right. these videos. I do it in barter system and I put my effort, I put my time in this just so that it could help you and by helping you, it could help me. And I completely get that. Even uh, The reason I'm saying this is because People who are listening to this should not think that only if I write a book, this can be applied. Correct. And, and, but, but the important thing is like your videos are kick-ass, man. Like I've seen <laughs> those videos. The important thing is whether it's the book, it's your videos or anything else, it has to make an impact. It, it cannot be yes. average stuff. Yes. Yes. You know? And if you, if you have average stuff, you're better off carrying that business card. Yes, that's, that's so true. That is so true. But because you, know, you have to be good at something and like you said, I think it goes back to the same thing. What you said, are you adding value? In fact, I'm going to take that back. You know, if you have added stuff, don't even go for that meeting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. That is, noted. that is noted for sure. That is, that is your advice for 2020 for everyone here. <laughs> don't Amazing. be average. You want to go for the meeting. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, that, that is actually a good thing, you know, because you expect yourself to be your head held up high, your chest out and with the mindset that, you know, you can close this. But that's not all. Whatever you're selling needs to be there. Absolutely, man. In fact, I never do sales presentations. I never do, you know, this is my team size. This is the man I know. These are the people that I have connection with. Man, this is, the, this is what I've done. You know, this is my case study. I can repeat the same process for you. But if I don't know something, I'm going to say, I don't know this. I don't know how to do this. How can I do it for you? I have no data to prove that I can do this for someone else. Then I cannot do it for you. Yeah. And that's the 
Totally. I would probably, of course, not even have a conversation with someone who has a requirement that I cannot fulfill because it's going to waste my time and their time. That, that's actually on point. So, um, uh, Rishabh, so uh, before I end the uh, podcast, I have like a couple of questions that I usually ask everyone. Uh, sure. But, but uh, to you, I'm going to ask uh, a little more questions because uh, you have been a very inspiring uh, person on social media and with the things that you've done. And uh, I think people should look at you and they should start thinking that uh, everybody can do this. You don't need to be a special person. So uh, what does 2020 look like for you? So here's the thing. I define everything by the day. So for me, if you're looking forward to a great year, you need to have a great day. That's all right. You like you have to think in terms of days. So forget about all this 2020 shit. Like think of how can I make today better? And when you think like this, you're going to make 20th December 2019 better, which is today. You're not going to think about 2020. You're going to make wow. today better, right? So think of your ideal day. That's what I usually do. I think of my ideal day. And then I define what are the habits I want to execute every day. And then I just want to make today the ideal day of my life. That's all that matters, man. All these long-term goals and, you know, 10-year goals and 20-hundred-year goals. All that <laughs> that. It's, it's all days. It's everything is a day. And, I mean, you can always say everything is an hour or five hours, but that's not, really, that's not easy to count. But everything that you can uh, organize easily can be fit into one day and the day is the game. If you can master that game, if you can master that daily game, like, you know, mm-hmm. play that daily game, just win that daily game, then you have one win and two wins, and then you don't know, but you have 365 wins. And wow. you have an amazing 2020 without thinking about 2020 at all, because you're just thinking wow. about today. But when you think about 2020, this is what's going to happen, right? So you say, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do 10 clients by 2020. After six months, you're going to say, hey, I did two clients, now I have to do eight. That yeah. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You, you got to say, I'm going to call 10 companies every day so that by the end of the month, I have two clients. Yes, that's so correct. That's everything right. is in the day. Everything is in the day. So I don't, I don't know that it's, it, I, when is 2020 happening? I just know that. That's amazing. That's a strong answer. You know, that's a really strong answer. So uh, there's this one question that I ask every guest who comes on the show. Uh, recently, I have started this thing called as human to-do list, uh, which is uh, something that a human, an individual has to do on a daily basis or a weekly basis or a monthly basis, a basic thing that any individual can do. Um, what would you add to that list? Right. So I'll stick to my, I'll stick to the daily, right? So I'll tell you what I think. So I would do, like, let's say I would, I would tell you what I do on a daily basis. Hmm. So so here's the first thing. I love to spend around 30 minutes practicing a foreign language. Okay. And the reason why I do this is one, that it makes, makes it easy for me to understand when I'm traveling, but that's not really the main reason. The main reason is something happens in the brain when you're trying to learn this language and trying to break down the structure, you get back into your learning mode, right? So you're exercising these learning muscles. That's the first thing that I do. Uh-huh. The the other thing that I do every day is I have a 10 minute meditation session every day. Mm. So this is just to center my thoughts and make sure that my, my, you know, I'm set for all the tasks. Mm. I also would like to add that it, I know a lot of people might not be into reading, but just read one chapter of a book every day. Mm. Just one yeah. chapter. You don't have to read 10 pages. Don't forget about that. Like one chapter is usually 
the author has broken down information into organized chapters. So one chapter would give you enough information to be able to get some value from the reading session. Mm -hmm. right? The other thing is, which, which I also do, is for, for one hour in the day, just go on airplane mode. Just, just go on flight mode on your phone. That's all. I don't care what you do in that one hour. You know, do whatever you want. But just go on airplane mode. Just switch off everything and don't just go on airplane mode and switch on Wi-Fi. Like rarely, rarely go on airplane mode. Just, just keep your phone away for one hour. And you'll always find that you're doing something for yourself in that one hour, which, mm. which you never thought that you would do. You mean not just a phone, completely, everything technology? Yeah, all devices, all devices. All it's, devices. It's, it's just um, the, my way of explaining it, but just forget about all devices. The other thing is since I'm, since I'm really focusing on my personal finances, one thing that I do is I review my money every day. Mm. Okay. So I, I check everywhere. So I have some gold bonds, I have some stocks, I have some mutual funds, I have some P2B, inv P2B investments, whatever I have, bank accounts, company accounts, whatever. I, I look at it every day. Just look at it every day. Right? and see if you can move things around. See if you can put this money somewhere else which, where it can grow faster. So just move it around a little bit. And when you see it every day, now the reason why most people don't see it every day is because they don't have any money. Mm. <laughs> that, that's the first problem. But, yeah. but when you see this every day, that you know, it's the same number, man. It's just the same number. Then you have to do something to grow it. Then you have to add some revenue streams to grow it. Yeah. You have to add some cash flow to the, to the thing, right? Then the other thing which I do is I listen to some classical music every day. I have, it's mostly instrumental piano music that I like. Mm -hmm. I also uh, like to cook at least one small meal or snack every day. I love cooking. So mm. I, I love to cook one small snack or meal every day. So these are some things that I think people should add to their daily routine. They're, they're scientific, scientifically bagged reasons as to why you should add these. Uh, there's, there's a lot of research that people can do about this stuff, but this is mm -hmm. what I do. I, I also write every day, but I think that's not probably not for everyone. But if someone can do it, uh, even free writing is okay. Just 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 let your heart out. Open a empty um, document or a piece of take out a piece of paper and just write what you feel like. That's amazing. Uh, that's a lot of things in one day and. Everything that you explain only adds to your uh, body and mind. There's nothing that takes away. There is so, nothing outside of this, man. There is nothing outside of this anyways. This is all you got. This is all you got, right? This is all you got. Like, if everyone is focusing on improving their mm. body and mind, everyone is focusing on improving the value that they add, mm. there's not going to be any of these protests and politics and all of this shit will just go away by itself. Wow. So just focus on developing yourself as an individual, you know, and then the society will itself develop. It's, it's such a simple thing. It's like the easiest hack for a developed society. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that is in the need of the hour because we're seeing the state that India is in right Absolutely. now. So uh, it's, it's the need of the hour. So that's amazing. I mean, there's so many to-do lists. There, some of them that you've mentioned are already on the list. But uh, one of them which really stood out for me is watching your money. Um, Absolutely. I have not, I have not been uh, into stocks, <clears throat> into shares, uh, into investing at all because 
I I don't think I was exposed to it in a right way because uh, every time I thought of it, something really bad happened in the world. Like 2008, <laughs> my my accounts teacher was explaining it, and uh, what, we know what happened in 2008. Lehman Brothers just shut shop, and everything went uh, south. And uh, uh, four uh, four years back, I was introduced to uh, uh, trading again by my friend Govnesh, um, and he was telling me, "I will I will guide you through it." And I was okay. doing it. I I did it. I did it for a while, and I did make some good money. But I did not understand how to read the market and everything. That's why I just got out because I had so many other things to do. So I just got out. And now I've been trying to get back into it. So if there's somebody like me who is thinking the same thing, hey, I I know this is good. I know this will do good for me, but I don't know where to start. What what is your advice? The first thing I would like to say is you mentioned that. Um... at least you had some accounting teacher or something but i think you know schools are not going to teach you this schools don't want to teach you this because imagine if yeah. schools teach you how to make money then no mm-hmm. one is going to do a job <laughs> <laughs> if everyone if you learn how to make money you don't need a job but if you if you don't learn how to make money then job is the only way out so yeah. it doesn't work it doesn't work in the favor of uh, the education system because it doesn't work in the favor of society if that if no one is doing jobs but the point is this you don't have to watch the market consistently what you need to do is because because you know we have a lot of other shit to do man so what we need to do is people like us people like us um we are creators right so we need we have to do a lot of other stuff so mm-hmm. what you need to do is just identify those top 3 just identify those top 3 companies that you really believe in that you use that you know your friends use that you know are going to do well that have done well forever and just put your money in those companies and forget about it you know it's going to mm-hmm. you it's going to grow for you so i'll give you an example there could be one way that you watch the market every day move things around blah 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 when i say move things around every day i don't mean between stocks i mean between different investments uh, between different asset classes but right. here's the thing here's the thing you don't want money in the bank account i'll give you an example you take a you take a 2000 rupee note okay yeah. 2000 rupee note and put it under your bed like just go under your bed put that put that note under your bed and mm. hopefully the note i mean if the government doesn't decide to discontinue the note and if it still exists <laughs> if it still exists the same time next year you know you come back 20th 20th december 2020 beautiful day you go back you open your bed and what will you find there you're not going to find 2000 rupees it's going to be a 2000 rupee note but it's not going to be as valuable as 2000 rupees exactly you know it's going to be 1000 rupees it's going to be 1500 it could be 1990 whatever man but it's not going to be mm. 2000 that's what you need to understand that's the same thing which is happening to your money in your bank account right so hmm. it's, it's dying the money is dying in your bank account so that's why you need to check your money every day whatever you get in your bank account you got to take it out from there you're going to you're going to let it go in the world and you know multiply let it go outside let go to different let it go exchange hands move it around invest in some places and let it come back with more so you don't want to keep it in one place that's the thing now i've identified my top 3 i don't mind sharing it here so i've identified my top 3 Share mm-hmm. the first one, is Britannia. The second one is ITC, and the third one is Cipla. So they're different industries. I like Britannia because people are addicted to snacking. Indians love milk. These are different reasons why Britannia will always do well. Uh, Britannia got me around thirty percent returns in the last three months as well. By the way, ITC. Wow. I love ITC. People like processed foods. People like smoking. These are all addictive things. Religion needs incense sticks, which is a good product from ITC. This is a religious country. predominantly hindu so a lot of lot of people are buying this stuff itc is great the third one is cipla cipla is because people 
keep you know acting in dumb ways and get sick all the time they need those medicines so you find out those three weaknesses that people have and then buy those shares so i got britannia itc and cipla right and these always do well for me that is just so mind boggling rishabh the other, um, the other you know, which i said don't keep the money in your bank account that's something that people are addicted to in this country keeping money in the bank account <laughs> <laughs> because they're so scared right like everybody is so scared like i don't want to lose it i don't want to lose it i don't want to uh, because i'll tell you why uh i've uh, i i've actually whenever i try to do this um uh, i had uh, received uh, 14000 rupees from uh, somebody uh, okay it was okay i i'm just going to spill it so the company that i uh, left actually paid one month's extra salary right okay so okay. i thought i thought you know you know what just hack this shit so i'm just going to go mm-hmm. and invest this and i went into a mutual funds and i invested it the company did not realize it for like 6 7 months right okay. i was keeping quiet i was keeping quiet i was like uh, you know what i did some good work for the company i don't want to be feeling so uh, bad about it then mm-hmm. uh, after 6 to 8 months they got back to me <laughs> they said uh, aside there's been a mistake 7 uh, months back our account has created your i was like oh i'm so sorry i have so much money coming into my account i never checked it so mm-hmm. uh, i will return it So I I immediately went to the uh, Birla Sun Life Insurance uh, guy and I told him uh, you know this mutual funds that I invested 7500 7500 I wanted to withdraw it. He said 1% exit load is there. I said okay fine that's fine. And I uh, asked him how much it is. Uh that made uh that was actually 19300 rupees. Wow. In 6 months of time. And I was shocked. I was like oh my god I should do this. I should do this more often but I never got to it. You know what as I'm speaking about it now I'm feeling so stupid right now that I never tried this again. But I did invest in mutual funds and I did do that all the time but you know the market has been so fluctuating all the time that you know it it always keeps me uh, thinking you know what the interest in the bank only is enough forget No man okay. forget don't don't think about the market. I'll I'll give you a small example just to so October 2019 was the video Scriptbox video published the video about 25 lakhs and uh-huh. the market has been in the red zone for the last 2 to 3 years now imagine this guess how much money i had in October 2000 uh, 2018 one year before 25 lakhs just take a guess 3 uh, 4 20% whatever that is i i doubled my money in that time man i doubled my money in the last 2 years i doubled my money in the last and then i doubled my money before that in 2 so i i'm doubling my money every 2 years it doesn't matter how the market is doesn't matter and it's always the double wow. always the double which makes a difference you can double your money right so that that's how you need to think about it how many times do you have how much money do you have today let's say you have let's say you have um, $25000 today so how much how many doubles away from you are from a million dollars like six or eight doubles away that's not much right mm. so how many away are you from so compounding is the double it's a double stick so compounding is the key for all of this and what i would suggest is to people to think about what are the channels that they can double the money i'll give you an idea so lendbox.in is a website where i had put some money it's a p2p lending platform it's given me 26% return in the last one year 26% return this is l e n t b o x l e n d lend lendbox l e n d okay box.in like imagine on your in your bank account you're getting 4% or 5% or 6% at max and right. and this is getting me like 25% returns that is amazing 
So it doesn't make any sense. Then you have the other concept is forget about your Facebook newsfeed. Like just deactivate the Facebook newsfeed. Just deactivate it. There are tools that you can use. There's a uh, Facebook uh, newsfeed eradicator, which I use. I have no newsfeed. There's a motivational quote which appears on my newsfeed every day. It's just a plain text, and that's all that is there on the feed. If I open Facebook.com, I see the quote, I get motivated, I close the tab, and I start working. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. So simple tips like that. I mean, there's simple tips that you can implement. I manage all my entire life on Trello, on a Trello board. So Trello.com is another useful tool for a digital minimalist. And of course, I have a free course on digital minimalism on Maplings Academy. People can check that out as well. Oh, that's amazing. I will uh, link that in the show notes as well. Uh, first, I'm going to watch it. Uh, then I'm sure. Gonna, yeah, because, uh, yeah, uh, I guess I've covered most of the things. I'm sure... Uh, uh, people are going to be really excited uh, to read your book, uh, to expect more from you. So how do they get in touch with you if they're looking for your services or if they just want to, uh, you know, see what Rishabh Dev is doing? Sure. So the best way to reach out is on email because that's that's one thing that I check um, most of the time. I am on LinkedIn, the same name, Rishabh Dev. I think you can link link my LinkedIn profile as well. My email is yeah. rishabh at maplinks.com. So that's R-I-S-H-A-B-H at the rate M-A-P-P-L-I-N-K-S dot com. So I think you can mm-hmm. put that in the text as well. Those are the good places yep. to connect. That's amazing. So thank you so much, Yushab. This has been an amazing uh, episode with you. Uh, I, I, I basically, I did not expect that I will learn so much. Huh? Uh, so th- this has been more than anything. You know, uh, I think what we can take uh, take away from this is that uh, you can just be you and you can do all the things and still be very, very happy. I think I want to add to that. So just to expand on that a little bit, don't think about how you define yourself. I right? don't think that this is me. You know, don't say that. Mm. I'm, let's say, for example, I'll give you a mindset. Like some people say, I don't eat meat, let's say, for example, or I don't drink this. I don't drink that. I don't like parties. I don't sleep on the left side of the bed. Or I can. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why are we cleaning your brain with all this shit? Like, say, I don't want to do this. It's okay. I don't want to smoke today. You can say I don't want to smoke today, but you don't have to say, you know, I don't want to. I I never do this. I never. I cannot sleep on the left side of the bed. I cannot eat this because what you're doing is you're creating a generalized. You're training your brain that you can never do this. Like you're training your. Yeah. I'm sales guy. Why I can never host an Airbnb. But if you think of everything like this is an experiment. Everything is an experiment. I'm open to trying. Let's experiment with this. I'm not saying do something which is bad for you. I'm just saying. Be open to experiments and then you can choose your experiments. But if you create a very, very strong and closed definition about yourself, if you keep telling your brain that this is you, this is how, this is what you like, this is what you don't like, then you're just limiting yourself, right? And don't limit yourself. Mm, that is great. That's a great way to end this episode. I'm so enlightened right now. I feel it. Um, well, that's about it, man. Thank you so much, Rishabh, for taking your time out and doing this with me. I love this, man. It was. It is always good to chat with you. Yeah, it was always good <laughs> to chat with you as well. And I'm so happy that we have documented this uh, uh, so that, you know, 
the, whatever that we've done so far, uh, it could also help someone. So that's that's the only motive of this podcast. So thank you so much, and uh, I will meet you very soon. Hopefully, I have to. Uh, we don't want to do this on digital. I want to do this face to face next time. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much, man. It was amazing talking to you, and I would like to thank all the listeners as well for listening up till here. There's a lot of new information, so it's it's not important that this podcast is fun or enlightening and all of these things. What's important is that you go and execute it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that, and uh, that's it. Thank you so much. Bye. All right. Bye bye. Thank you for having me. Bye. Take care, man. Bye. Good night. I wasn't kidding. That was one of the most enlightening episodes, wasn't it? If you want to know more details about what Rishabh does or what he's doing, all the links are in the show notes. And if you'd like to get in touch with him, his email as well as his LinkedIn profile is mentioned as well. So if you think he's the right person to help you or your business, do not think twice. Get in touch and he will make you and your business a success story. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please do take a screenshot of this episode and put it up on Instagram stories. Tag me. My handle is SaisanDeshmakam. And also tag Rishabh Dave, whose handle is ReachRishab. And tell us how you like this episode and what was that one specific thing that you learned from this episode. And if you have any feedback for me, please do send me an email. My ID is saisandeshmarkam at iCloud.com or send me a tweet at the rate saisandeshmarkam and I will take any constructive criticism very seriously. Also, I have a small request. Please don't forget to subscribe or follow on whatever platform that you're listening to. And if that platform has allowed you to rate and review the show, please, please do. That will truly help me and this podcast to grow. I will see you on the Monday episode, which is going to be the last episode of this year and this decade. And uh, that is going to be one hell of an episode you don't want to miss. I'll see you guys on Monday. My name is Aisindesh Markham and I'll talk to you on the next one. Bye. Woo!